0: Thanks for joining us. You can go ahead and grab a seat at all of our locations, and I, as you're doing that, I just want to say welcome uh, to Northridge Church. We are honored and thrilled that you would join us on this weekend. Whether you're joining us from our online campus, whether you're driving down your road, the road listening uh, to us, or you're on your television or one of your devices, welcome to, to you online. Those of us at our Webster campus, shout out to you guys, welcome to you and to our Rochester campus, it is great to be with you, and welcome home, and I say that very strategically, and intentionally, because our desire is for this to place, to feel like a family, to feel like home. And so we're thrilled that you're here. Welcome to Northridge Church. And we've jumped into a new year. It's 2021, and, and some of us have waited for this year to come, but yet, is it really 2021? Because it still feels like 2020. You know what I'm saying? Like, I saw this online. I thought it was so funny that I thought I'd share it with you. It says this, well, it was a solid five days. Here's to 2022. Right? It's just kind of how we feel, isn't it? Like, we knew it was coming, we hoped it wasn't, but it came five days into the new year, we're still kind of navigating, and 2020 is lingering. But as a new year approaches, what do we often do? We often look forward, right? We, we set goals and resolutions. We create new habits. And the goal is that at the end of 2021, we would look a little bit different, that we would become a little bit better. And, and that's not anything new for your family or my family. In fact, maybe it was during the holidays after my 100th Christmas cookie that my wife and I kind of looked at each other and were like, hey, we probably should create some new habits moving forward in the new year. And so in the Karstner household, Ashley and I looked at each other and we were like, hey, let's, let's get a little bit healthier in 2021. In and what that meant was we are going to eat healthier and we we're going to get into a routine of working out. And so that started on Monday. It was mid-afternoon and I was with Joel and it was time to, to, to work out. Something, honestly, that I hate to do, but I know I need to do it. And so I was gearing up the strength and I decided to do this workout they call the Deck of Carts. And if you're a gym rat, you might know what this is, but let me kind of explain it to you. And just to give you perspective, I cut it in half because I'm that much of a wimp, but it's that severe of an exercise. So basically you take a deck of cards, 52 cards. I cut it in half, so 26. 26 cards, four different suits. So you pick four different exercises and you flip cards. And so the suit tells you what to do and the number or the, the thing tells you how many to do it. You do 26 back to back to back to back as fast as you can. So Joelle loved it. She's like, Daddy, I'll flip the card and watch you do all the work. This is going to be great. And so about 13 exercises in, I feel pretty good. I'm like, you know what? I still got it. Like, there might be a little extra here, but I'm still awesome, man. Let's go. I'm ready. Come on, bring it on. And around exercise 20, 21, 22, things drastically change really fast because like sweat is pouring down my face, my legs are beginning to shake, I feel awful, I'm ready to vomit, and I still got four more exercises to go. And so I grind through it, I gotta get it done, I can't let my wife outdo me, and so at the end of exercise 26, I'm finished, I'm not lying, this is exactly what happens, I finish the exercise and I'm like, oh, I, just, I just need to lay down for a second. <sighs> And so I'm here laying prostrate before the Lord like, God, I'm ready. Just take me now into my, your hands. I commit my spirit or however that goes, you know. My heart is like pounding through my chest. And I'm like, Joel, go get daddy a glass of ice water as fast as you can. Like, go fast as you can. And I'm, I'm thinking in my head, like, what has happened to me? I was a college athlete. I played two sports in college. Like, I used to be able to do this in my sleep. What is going on? And right here in this moment, as I laid in my living room floor, I I learned a painful lesson. And that lesson was how out of shape I've gotten. And here's what I would bet. 2020 probably taught all of us some painful lessons. Lessons that we would have never chose to learn in the circumstances we did but yet God took us through it. And so today we're starting a brand new series called Silver Linings. And and what we're doing is we're really asking a question that I think all of us should probably ask anyway, is God, what were you trying to teach us in a difficult and wild year like 2020? 2020. And so in this series, Silver Linings, we're going to look at four valuable lessons that as we look back, I know as scary as that sounds, to look back at 2020 before we launch into 2021 and say, God, what are the things that I need to remember and hold on to as I approach a new year? And so we're going to look at four of them. And I'm going to start maybe with the most obvious lesson that probably all of us were, was reminded of or, or learned. And it's simply this, relationships matter relationships matter. You see, 2020 gave us a, a new perspective. Maybe it took the blinders off that we we've had up in the minutia of life, but it reminded us of how important, how vital, how how su- successful we are based off of relationships because they truly matter and this shouldn't be a news flash to anybody. Right? If you've been following Jesus, you understand that, man, at the very beginning, God kind of teaches us that. In fact, in, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, we see God creating the world. Right? Here, what you need to know about Northridge Church is we believe the, the scriptures fully, and we believe God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. And so in creation, God begins to create all that we know and all that we enjoy. And part of that creation was Adam, man. And as Adam is kind of exploring this new world that God created, he's tending the garden, God recognizes something about his own creation. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, it's kind of our pinnacle verse today. It says this, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. So there's something that God recognizes at the very foundation of humanity, at the very foundation of the world being created, that how he created us and who we are, we are designed, we are wired, we were created to live in relationships. We have to understand that. That is how God created us to be. This is who we are. And what's interesting is if you just study God for a second. You understand the theology of God. What's interesting about God is he even dwells in relationships. You think about there's one God, but he fleshes himself out in three persons, right? This is called the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And yet God himself, as one God, actually lives in relationships inside the Trinity. And so relationships are are very important. And and probably all of us, as we look back at 2020, we're kind of like nodding our head like, yeah, we kind of have been reminded of this lesson of how important relationships are. But let's go back to 2020. Let's remember some of the circumstances we faced. Can can you remember in 2020 not being able to be with your grandparents because they were in a nursing home? You had to like stare through a window and hold up signs to communicate with somebody you love? Do do you remember in 2020 uh, not being able to be with your family for the holidays? It started at Easter and then continued to Thanksgiving and to Christmas. Do you remember in, in 2020, not being able to gather as the church, to sing and to, to worship together as body of believers, or gather together with your community group to spur each other on to, to looking and acting more like Jesus? Do you remember being a, 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 not being able to take those summer vacations with your family and friends at the lake or the beach or the mountains or wherever you like to go? Do you remember being a teenager or a college student not going to college or school and learning virtually? being void of the relationships that we desperately need. Yeah, you better bet we we learned that relationships are vital to our success. And so it forces us to ask a really really important question, And, and here it is. And this is the question that I really want to tackle today is, what did 2020 force us to learn or remember about relationships? What what did we learn and what did we need to be reminded of? And I want to talk about three lessons that I think God was trying to teach us in 2020 that we need to take into 2021 and maybe adjust some things in the way we're living to make 2021 even better. And I think the first lesson that we learned under the umbrella that relationships matter is we learned which relationships matter the most. We learned which relationships are very important to us. Again, I think 2020 took some blinders off of our our perspective. It made us look at life through a different lens. And it made us realize, man, what relationships in my sphere of, of, of influence really matter the most to me? And I want to put these in two different categories. The first category is the obvious category. I call it value. These are the relationships you have with the people who you are close in depth of relationship. You know them. There's intimacy there. This is often immediate family. It's your spouse, your children, your grandparents, uh, your best of best friends. Like these are the people that you know and they know you. And what you realized in 2020, maybe a lesson you learned is maybe you were alienated from some of those relationships, how significant they are to you. How much meaning that person or those people bring into your life. But then there's a whole other category that I don't think we often think about. We, always, we usually, when, when life goes crazy, we think about these relationships, the value relationships. But I think as a, a Christ follower, another category that we have to include is proximity. And what I mean by that is the relationships that are not close in, in depth of relationship, but are actually just close in distance. Like your neighbors, like your coworkers, like the people you coach on that team, or the, the people that God has brought into your path for you to influence, for the glory of God, right? Those, those relationships as Christ followers, living out the great commission and the great commandment, they have to matter to us. They have to mean something to us. And so if we're learning this lesson of which relationships mean the most, as we approach 2021, here's what I think we have to learn to do is we have to seize the opportunities you have and I have with the relationships that matter the most. And I love those three words. If you remember anything from this point, remember, seize the opportunity. The Apostle Paul says it like this. He says, make the most of every single opportunity. You see, as I, as I reflect back on 2020, what, what is really convicting to me is I look at the years of my life, how much time I've wasted chasing things that are meaningless at the expense of things that are very meaningful. How many times my daughter has told me, dad, put your phone down and pay attention to me. Right, because it's so easy in, in the minutiae and the busyness of life to focus on things that do not matter at the expense of things that really do matter. And we have to learn to seize the opportunity and it pans out in both of those categories for those relationships that we value the most, the people that are closest to us. What if we all throughout 2021 put a reminder on our phone to tell those people how significant they are to us? What if you just picked up the phone and, and called your grandparents or your siblings and just say, hey, I want you to know I love you. Man, you're important in my life. Do you know how much I would love to call my dad and tell him that? Don't miss out. Seize the opportunity to not only say it, but but act on it. Buy your wife flowers regularly. Go out to eat and on dates regularly. Invest in your children. Love, go visit your grandparents because you never know when they will be taken away. Seize the opportunity with those value relationships. But on the other spectrum, like proximity, seize the opportunity means taking advantage of the times God gives you an opportunity to share your faith with a coworker, your neighbor. Get, take advantage of the opportunities. When, when our culture has lost hope, we can bring it to them. In the relationships that we have that God has brought into our path, they are not by accident. They are for a reason. And so we need to make the most of those opportunities for us to bring the hope of Jesus Christ into people's lives. So the first lesson we learned is which relationships should mean the most to us and how we can take advantage of those. But I think the second lesson we learned is the cost of losing relationships, right? Because at some level, all of us have experienced a little bit of isolation from the relationships that we desire and want to be in. And isolation is a a scary thing. In fact, go back to Genesis chapter two. Look what God says. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Now, this is what I love about the Bible. If if you read the Bible, it's really important to read the Bible. And what's so beautiful about the Bible, It's, it's full of depth and riches. And you can read the same verse, okay, the same verse and see different things. God can teach you different things. I mean, I think that verse is seven words, I'm guessing here, but it's not super long. And here's what's crazy. Not only does this verse teach us how God wired us and how he made us and how we should live in relationships, but it also issues a warning to us. God says, hey, be careful. Let me warn you, because if you live outside of the relationships you need, it won't be good for you. It will be bad for your health. It will be bad for your way of thinking. He says, it's not good. Warning, God makes it crystal clear to all of us that good things don't happen in our life when we void ourselves of the way God created us to be. Right, and isn't that what usually happens in people's lives? When, I see this in, in Christianity all the time. When, when someone who is following God decides like, hey, I'm just gonna go a different route, what's the first thing that they often do? They void themselves. They get rid of all the relationships that, that, that would hold them accountable to the choices that they're now making, right? If I, I want to do something that's disobedient to God, I don't want to surround myself with godly people who are going to challenge the way I think. And so I just get away from those relationships so I can feel good about the way I'm living my life. And that's why God says it's not good to live in isolation. It's not good to, 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 to be alone. And here's what's crazy. Barna just did a study on our community, on our country. And when you think about this, this is mind-blowing, 51%, so the majority of people, one out of two people on your street, in your neighborhood, in your classroom, in your workplace, one out of two, 51%, feel isolated or alone weekly. That's crazy. Every week, one out of two people feel alone and isolated, it gets worse. 31%, so one out of three people that you see in your neighborhood that walk down the street in your classroom, 31% feel alone or isolated every single day. Now, I'm not a stat guy, but holy smokes, Christians, we gotta wake up and realize how alone people truly are. Every single day, 31% of people feel alone isolated? It's gotten worse through all that we've done. And what we have to recognize is that isolation is very dangerous. Isolation is exactly where our enemy wants us. Because when we're isolated and when we're alone, he can whisper lies into our ear and there's no one to refute or rebuke them. And so we just begin to buy them. When we're isolated, it doesn't help those unresolved conflicts. In fact, it usually makes them worse. When we're isolated, our mental health becomes a severe challenge. We often become depressed and feel like no one cares about us. When we're isolated, we do not usually grow spiritually because isolation is dangerous. That's why God said it is not good, beneficial for you to live alone. So as we look towards 2021, As we gaze into the future, here's what we have to learn to do, even in a a unique season, is we have to learn to live in connection. We have to learn to be connected with people. We have to live in connection. And, and this is why uh, at Northridge Church, it's, it's small groups, community groups are, are such a central piece to who we are. Here's a vision drip moment for you. If you're new to Northridge Church, you need to lean in here. If you're a regular attender, you call Northridge Church home. This will be a reminder. But here's the reality is, is community groups are, are a central part of the DNA of this church. They are important because that's the way God designed us to live in. And so if you get tired of hearing life is better connected, because you've heard it for 7,000 times, we'll hear 7,001, life is better connected. It's that important to us. We have to live in connections. And so let me pause here and, 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 and say this. Maybe you're, you're watching online or maybe you're at one of our campuses and you would say, man, Northridge Church is my home. Like this is the church I wanna be at, I'm committed to it. Can I just challenge you? Can I, can I speak directly to you? If you're not in a group, you need to get in one. I say that as boldly and as frankly and as harshly as I can because it's that important. You need to live in connection with people. And so let's make it really simple. If you're not in a group, here's what you got to do. You can grab your phone right now. If you're watching online, you can open a new tab. You can go to IWant.Info. want.info. I want.info. It's a website. There's a big banner that says, I want to be in a community group. You fill out that, you click on that banner. You fill out that information. Here's my promise to you is someone on our team will follow up with you and do the very best they can to plug you into a group that fits your needs and your desires. But also know this, technology is a wild animal, okay? It is, and sometimes you slip through the cracks. Sometimes you kick send and it doesn't make it to us, or sometimes we just overlook a name. And if you don't get followed up with within the week, this week, Sunday to Sunday, please let us know. Please let us know. Don't get mad. Just say, hey, I haven't heard anything. We will reach out to you. You can email me personally. Because it's that important to us. And here's why. Here's why connection is so important. Living in connection. Number one, connection provides care. Connection provides care for you when you need it. Right? This is so important. Because, hey, the reality is, is Northridge is a big church. I know we don't like the term megachurch. Like, everybody is, gets so mad. All it is is a, a numerical measurement. We're a large church full of thousands of people and with a staff of 40 people, we cannot possibly care for everybody. No, actually we can because we created a system that if you live in it, you will be cared for in this church. It's called community groups. And being cared for is really important to us that you would be, some of you might push back, I don't need to be cared for, Drew. I'm self-sufficient. I got my life taken care of. And you know what? That's probably true. But what 2020 taught us is that life can change in a moment. And all it takes is one doctor's visit. All it takes is getting in your car and driving down the street. And you being self-sufficient can change that fast. And wouldn't you like to know that your family and that your you will be taken care of if life goes upside down. We are ready and willing. There are people in this church are ready and willing to care for you if you get into the systems we've placed. Some people get mad at me. They email me really vicious emails, like no one cares about me. And the first question I ask is, are you in a community group? Well, well no. Well, sorry, I've done everything I can to make you be cared for, but you won't follow in line. It's that important because it provides care, and sometimes care isn't like the dramatic. Sometimes it's when you're lonely or when you're depressed. It's somebody in your group just randomly, by the grace of God, sending you a text message just saying, hey, I love you, and you're amazing. I mean, I've gotten text messages like that of people who care for me, and it makes a difference because connection provides care. Secondly, connection provides accountability. Being in a group provides accountability. Now, this is where I step on some toes. Don't worry, it's my spiritual gift. I'm really good at it. (laughs) Some of you, you don't want to be in a group, honestly, if if you're being completely honest. It's because you don't want people to challenge the way you live your life. You don't want people to call out the way you treat your spouse. You don't want people to call you out the decisions you're making in your business. You don't want people to call out, man, that's not God's best for your life. you just rather live life the way you want to live it. And if that's you, that's okay. That's okay, it's your choice, it's your life. But if you want to grow spiritually, you know, half of our mission here is is discipleship. It's, It's becoming a better Christian. It's looking more like Jesus Christ. And I believe one of the best ways you can do that this year is getting plugged into a group and being held accountable for the choices you're making. In fact, I would challenge all of our groups this year. As you go to group, don't expect to be held accountable. Demand it. So walk into your group this year and say, hey, I want to be a better dad, or I want to be a better mother, or I want to to grow as a leader, and I want you to hold me accountable. I want you to call out my blind spots. I want you to make me a better follower of Jesus Christ. We need that in our groups because it will make us better disciples of Jesus Christ. It will help us grow spiritually is accountability, and we find that in our groups. Some of us honestly don't want it. So, we learned what relationships matter the most to us. We learned the cost of being isolated. And number three, the third lesson I think we learned is, is unique to the season that we've gone through in 2020. And I think the lesson we learned is that digital means distance. And I want to nuance this very carefully, um, but we live in a, a digital society, we live in a tech driven culture. And I think what we have to recognize as a church is the the benefits of of digital, but also the detriment of digital. You know, we have an online campus, and and what it's done is it's enabled us to to bring the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ to many more people. You know, we have people every week watching out of state and coming from all places. We have people in our church that live locally going on vacation and still tuning in, being a part of our church. And that's an amazing pro to a digital society but we also have to recognize that there are detriments to being digital, right? It creates distance that isn't really us living according to living in the relationships that God wants us to live in, right? We we, we get this, right? Because Zooming with your community group and being present with your community group just aren't the same thing. Gathering as the church in person And watching through a laptop or a television is just not the same thing. When you're in the the building with the church, bodies of believers, and you hear the voices echoing the praises of God, and you amen the teaching, you amen the teaching, you amen. Really, guys? Come on. There's your moment. But when we're together, it's just not the same. And sitting in your house and singing alone. Because that's the way God designed it. We we gather together to spur each other on, to motivate each other to be the church out in the world. And digital is a good thing, but we have to be careful with it. Some of you watch online every week, and I just want to warn us, you see, being digital only, what it does is it it can lack in depth and intimacy in our relationships. When we live just in a digital world, what, what our relationships suffer right? It lacks intimacy. It lacks the very thing God created us to be in. And hear me out. I'm not, if you're watching online and you watch online every single weekend, I believe that's okay. But here's my challenge for all of us who live in a digital society, who watch online every week. Here's my challenge as we look towards 2021, is we have to learn, we have to find a place for face-to-face. We have to find a place in our lives where we are engaging with believers, where we are gathering together as the church and we are talking in person and building the relationships God desired us to be. Now, let me pause here because I I can hear the emails already coming. What I'm not saying right now in a global pandemic is I'm not giving all the people who don't believe COVID is real permission to just go around and talk to everybody and do what they want without a mask. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is relationships are important. So be wise, be safe, and make them a priority, even in unique, a unique season. And this isn't my advice. This is actually God's advice. Hebrews chapter 10, it says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. See, that's, that's the goal there. That's why we gather. It's, so when we're together, we, we spur each other on, we motivate each other to look like Jesus in the world. Right, That's what the church, that's why we gather on Sundays. That's why it's important, honestly, I believe, for our doors to stay open when it's possible. Because when we gather together, we motivate each other, we challenge each other to go be Christ in the world. And, and here's the warning he gives. He says, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. So what God says is relationships are so important and they actually enable us to be the church of Jesus Christ. And so we can't give up meeting together. And so I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe you can meet with each other through Zoom in a unique season and make the most of it and spur each other on. You can do that, I believe that. But we can't avoid the relationships. It would have been easy in 2020 and into 2021 to just hunker down and be like, listen, I just wanna be alone. I just, I just, I'm afraid. And so I'm going to stay by myself forever, right? And you can do that. And probably we would understand. But you have to understand that is not God's best for you. And so be wise, be safe, but engage in relationships. God made us that way. That's who we are, fundamental at the very beginning of the world. So here's my challenge to us. Here's my reminder for us. As we, as we look at, at the lessons we've learned when it comes to relationships matter, here's, here's what I need to remind us all of as we navigate 2021. We can and we must engage in relationships even in the most awkward of times. And so I'm not gonna be the person that tells you what that looks like. For some groups, that means they're going to wear masks and they're going to gather in homes. For some groups, that means, hey, we're going to jump digitally and we're going to do the best we can. For some of you, that means, you know, hey, I'm going to watch online until things get a little bit better. That is okay. I'm not putting any pressure on anybody. But I am challenging you, in the, even in a global pandemic where it's a little bit scary, we've got to live in relationships because look what God says, not me. Genesis 2 it says, it's not good. It is not good for man to be alone. So we gotta be in relationships. And here's the great news for every single one of us, is God made a way that we never have to be alone. The most important relationship that you will ever have as a believer in Jesus Christ will always be there, right? Because of who Jesus is and the fact that he came from earth and died in our place for our sins and conquered it through his resurrection, we have, as believers in Jesus Christ, who have surrendered our life to him, we have the most important relationship we will ever need, always. Right? He's always there to care for us and be there for us. We have a Savior who navigates life's difficulties everywhere we go, and yet there's some of you who all of 2020, you did feel alone. right? You wondered how you're going to make it through. And now that 2021 has started and it hasn't looked good, you feel even more alone and more depressed. And can I just tell you, you don't have to be alone. You don't. God loves you so much that he gave his one and only son up for you that if you would just trust in him and believe in what he accomplished for you on that cross and through his resurrection, that you could have and know the God of the universe. It's just a matter of you choosing. God is already drawing you to himself. He does the work. All you have to do is receive it. If you're here and you've never made that decision, I would just beg you and urge you to ask your questions, send us a message, talk to the person who invited you, your community group leader, what that looks like, and then choose to trust in Jesus Christ. Because when it comes to relationships, here's the mind-blowing thing. When actually you and I, because of our sin, were separated from God in relationship, God was willing to sacrifice his one and only son. Why? so that we could live in a relationship with him. That's how important relationships are to God. And if they're that important to God, maybe they should become that important to us in 2021. Let's pray together. God, it's a unique year with unique challenges. And God, I just pray you give us wisdom as we navigate safety, as we navigate trying to love our neighbor that we wouldn't... (laughs) void relationships because of that. It will hurt us. You you make that clear, God. And so help us in a digital society to know when to be in person and when we can uh, jump online. And, And God, help us navigate all these tensions that we feel right now. Give us wisdom and discernment, but may we live in relationships because that's how you created us to be. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name.